I love you to the extent that it's going to cost me something. And yeah. I think when it really costs us something is when it's when it's really when it's really love. And somewhere towards the end of the Lisburnie, I realized, right, and I wrote it down in the notebook. I was like, I think God is saying to me that He's going to be all of these things, right? Um, so the list wow. turns. The list turns right from being a list of the things that I'm missing to being a list of promises of things that God is saying He is. And you, you, you heard that? You sensed that? I sensed it. I wrote it. I was writing <laughs> it, and I wrote, "Do I believe that God is saying this?" And I yeah. underneath it, yes. <laughs> I don't say this lightly, right? Because I'm not just trying to prove a point or I wouldn't disrespect their memory. I love my parents. They're awesome. If I could have my parents back tomorrow, Bernie, but to have them back, I had to give away the revelation and experience and understanding that I have of God as Father. Um, I wouldn't do it. Wow, Rob, that's a biggie. <laughs> hey, you've just joined A Journey with Bernie. Greetings, my dear friends, and thank you so much for joining me and today's wonderful guest. My name is Bernie Kelly, and I'm your very enthusiastic show host. Why? Because I woke up this morning, and I don't know about you, but I'm still breathing. I've been expressing my joy for life as a corporate leadership and team-building coach for 30 years now. But I've also loved working in the schools, guiding students and our young ones, just to open up their eyes to see more, to do more, to be more. I'm an explorer who wants to take you and them to the summit of Kilimanjaro. Hey, how about the base of Mount Everest or the intrigue of the Peruvian Machu Picchu or that epic spiritual adventure across Northern Spain, the Camino? Yes, I'm a lover of nature and I am a consumer of life. And that's why this podcast exists. You see, it's a simple exploration of what you and I need to do to find greater love for self, to inspire our own sustainable inner happiness and to discover greater meaning in our humble lives. Of course, I don't have the answers. But that's why each week you and I will explore the life purpose and the perspectives and paradigms of our wonderful podcast guests who will share with us their strategies, their thoughts, their actions that just might bring greater meaning to our lives. Hey, we're all on this journey, folks. So today, let's together put on our hat of curiosity and explore life's possibilities. And let's do it together on this episode of A Journey with Bernie. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of A Journey with Bernie. I'm absolutely delighted about this particular podcast because one of the wonderful things when I bring our young Australians and the Andylanes across here to Kathmandu to walk that magnificent trail to Everest Base Camp is wondering who are the people that we're going to meet along the way. 
and staying at the Kathmandu guest house, walking that mighty trail. There's been a conglomerate of beautiful people from all over the world, plus the Nepalese people. Geez, they're delightful that have come into our lives. And this morning is no such exception. We have a wonderful, wonderful Irishman. His name is Rob Duff. And Rob Duff and his mate Paul and his son Ethan, we all had the pleasure of coming together and walking virtually for the 13 days to Everest Base Camp and returning to Lukla. Rob Duff, welcome to A Journey with Bernie. Mate, how was your trek? <laughs> it was awesome, man. Yeah, it was, it was really, really a great once-in-a-lifetime probably kind of experience. If you had to pick a couple of highlights, you know, what it meant to you. Well, first of all, why did you do it in the first place? I've always loved the mountains. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's just the way I'm shaped. Um, <laughs> the time I was a young guy, that's what I do for a headspace back in Ireland. I have Mondays off. Yeah. Nobody else seems to have a job that makes me work on Sundays. Yeah. Um, and so I get, usually get off into the, the Wicklow Hills or the Sleeve Bloom Mountains and, yeah. and go wandering and... Uh, yeah, it's just in me. It's a space I love to be. I turned 40 then as well. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, one of those opportunities to just do something. Like, oh, that sounds like a midlife crisis to me, man. Yeah. <laughs> Re- <laughs> years ago. <laughs> I bought a, everyone on a midlife crisis story. Yeah. I couldn't afford a sports car when I was, uh, when I, you know, which is the stereotypical one. So I bought a skateboard. Yeah. Five years ago. <laughs> skateboard I would call that a crisis <laughs> if you're buying a skateboard at 40. Yeah. But hey, going into those local mountains is, is that just a, a, a constant thing that you do? You just seek the opportunities to wander away and be with nature for a day or two? Or yeah. What's that look like? I just like it, man. So I'm, a, I'm probably, um, I'm an introvert by nature, right? So I, I, I kind of have a job that connects me with a lot of people and I love people. I love engaging with them. Um, but then I recharge, I recharge on my own. That's, 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 that's my nature. So um yeah, so I just get off, go off, maybe like, like hike for a day, camp overnight, come back the next morning. Wow. Just that space. When yeah. I'm surrounded by the Wicklow Hills, hills as I said, are close, close enough to my house, about an hour's drive. They call that the Garden of Ireland. Just these rolling, <laughs> these rolling hills and it's a stunning place. And it's right on my doorstep. You yeah. Know? So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's what I do. Often just go off, just go off walking. But it sounds as if, listening very carefully to what you're saying, it sounds as if you have a value on creating space in your life. And one of the ways to create that space is for you to retreat to nature. Is that the style? Yeah, yeah, that'd be true. Yeah, that'd be true to say. Um, intentional with the rhythms of my life, Bernie. It's like yeah. so intentional with those things that... Um, that bring me joy, um, those things that, that clear my head, um, those things that give me space away from uh, the things that usually occupy your mind. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I find walking, walking is like that. Yeah, wow, wow. But then you chose a big walk. <laughs> yeah. Now, Paul, your mate, is your neighbour. He is. He yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell us the story about how you two got together and decided one night, you're going to Everest Space Camp. Yeah, Paul just Paul just asked. I think he was looking for a volunteer uh, to go with him. We needed somebody. You know, you have these ideas. I often thought one day I'll do something like that. Paul was similar. 
And I think he floated the idea one day, like we were just out the front, like he, they were, he lived facing me. And I was like, yeah, I'm up for it. And then we went down, went down to the pub one evening. and, uh, and as, as the Irish boys do. <laughs> and, uh, and booked the flights. And then it was, and then it was happening, yeah. So, did, you, did you purposely go down to the pub to book the flights or did that just happen after a few yeah, Guinnesses? No, no, no. Our, our intention was to do it, yeah. But that was, the, that, was the, that was when it became a reality. You know, when there's some, wow. there's some money put down, then yeah. it was like, yeah. Now we have to actually. Now we have to actually figure out how to yeah. do this thing, you know. So, what was your experience? Not just the local hills of your region, mm-hmm. but now walking in the powerful Himalayas. What was your what was your experience over that last thirteen days? I felt. I think overwhelmingly, I felt. Um, I felt super grateful, um, and wow. I felt. Um, I felt really privileged. Actually, I felt like I kept saying to the guys, like lads how awesome is it that we get to do this? You know, you look at, you look at those views, even just spending time together, even when it's over, when it was overcast on days and we're still, we're walking, like we're walking in the Himalayas, lads, do you know what yeah. I mean? The three lads from Ireland, what are we doing in Asia? Yeah. <laughs> the highest yeah. mountains in the world. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, massively, massively just, just grateful. Yeah. I know it probably sounds a funny question, but sometimes my questions, Rob, just come from an instinct. Did it speak to you? Did, 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 did the mountains... Lots, yeah, Everest, uh, is it Pomora? Did they speak to you in any way? And if so, what did they say? Um, it probably doesn't open up a great conversation, but no. <laughs> 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 That's a conversation. <laughs> of course, they haven't got a mouth burning. They're just rock. <laughs> of course, they can't speak. No, but uh, like it's an extension of probably what, what, um, just the phase of life I'm in anyway, you yeah. know, um, I'm quite, um, so often uh, in the past, I've always come into something like, like this, like a, yeah. like a big task, very like achievement driven, like get to the place and maybe it's part of becoming older, um, and becoming more mellow and it sounds so cliched, but the journey being more important than the destination. Yeah. And, um, and so it felt just like a continuation of what, what my life has looked like over wow. the past couple of years. So grateful to be in a new space and to be in, um, yeah, and see things I hadn't seen before. Yeah. So that was new. But um, but it was just an extension of what, you know, I felt the same as I feel in the Wicklow Hills. Yeah, like, wow. As I feel blooms, you know. Wow. So it didn't matter whether it was powerful 8,848 metre Everest or the Wicklow Hills, Either one speaks to you with the the, the same volume. Yeah, uh, like the big and the small. You know, you see the night sky and it's like the yeah. the enormity of it. Or yeah, you 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 look at um I don't know the the complexities of of DNA or of a cell and the, the <laughs> tininess of stuff, right? And it's the same awe. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's um yeah it's it's and I found it I found it um. I find I find this kind of stuff like like worshipful, if that makes sense. No, explain. Um, so, so like I'll be, so you know you know like I'm a minister, like a church a church yeah. minister. And well, so this, this elaborate on that just for a moment, please, yeah. so that our listeners have a, a full understanding of where you're coming from. Yeah. You're, you're a church minister. What church? What does that look like on a daily, weekly basis? Yeah. So. Um, I serve a, a church called Liberty Church. Uh, we're in Dublin. We're based in three locations around around Dublin. Um, and I'm like we, the, the, the language we put on it. I'm the pastor of the church. Um, 
But that means I like I try to serve and equip people who are committed to following the ways of Jesus together. Okay. Um, so it's a, a community of people yeah. um, who are who are doing that. And so when I speak about something being worshipful, like when I see when I see all of those things, whether it's the the the, the tiny subatomic stuff or the the massive cosmic stuff. Um, it points to it points to the the creator you know it points yeah. to this god who who i know and love and um and so this trip has been yeah a new seeing new sites and seeing yeah. new things like that but um but for me i was surprised right i would expect i would expect a more stereotypical answer if you had asked me what you know a year or so what you expect well i expect to be in awe right yeah. i expect to be um but it's just, it's the same awe, but of a, you know, just a different aspect. Yeah. And it's not awe of the mountains. Yeah. It's for me like an awe of, of the God who I believe made yeah. the mountains, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so the God, the God that you, you believe, you, you see that God or the manifestation of that God in nature, whether it be the Whitlow Hills or, did I pronounce that rightly? Whitlow? Whitlow, yeah. Whitlow Hills. Or the Himalayas, there's still the beauty of that God in either presentations of nature. Yeah, yeah. in everything, and in interactions with people, and in you know, in everything that wow. is that is made. So, um, yeah, I suppose it's a frame. It's a frame of mind. Yeah. It's a, um, and that's been that's been freeing for me. Um, yeah, it just it feels. It was strange. It was strange for me. I expected maybe you know you would have yeah. some profound experience when you come away on on this, but I'm um, becoming increasingly grateful that my my entire life is profound. You know, life is a gift. Wow, <laughs> wow. I, I mean, you, you're talking. I, I, I think you're allu- talking and alluding to a feeling that you you are in a constant state. It's not as if these experiences are one off impacting and intervening to to alert you to another state you're you're you you seem to be saying i'm already in a, a constant state now may i say of all the people that i met over the last couple of weeks you are walking joy Okay, <laughs> robbed up. You you really are, man. Like this, I can't remember a scowl on your face. I can't remember right. a um, um, you know, a, a look that that didn't look joyful. It, is that love of life? Is that a constancy for you? Yeah. Well, it's um. Thank you for saying that. That's a uh, and and even well, you deserve what it. What I've been trying to say. <laughs> yeah. just, that's why. That's why you were on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you said it better than I could. Um. But yeah, yeah, it is a it is a constant joy. Like, and there's a scripture right that says like God's mercies are new every morning, right? Meaning like there's no. I have to say that one. You spoke too quickly as an Irishman there, mate. <laughs> it says that like the, the mercies of God, like they're they're new every morning. That there's yeah. there's a there's something new to be found and explored, some wow, joy to be found, like some that. love of God to be experienced. Yeah. Like each day, like yeah. day after day. Yeah. And then. Um, and by the grace of God, yeah, that's the that's the kind of phase of yeah. of life I'm in. Yeah? yeah, that that I'm. I put myself. I intentionally, like in in terms of following Jesus, I, I try and put myself each day in the way of the love of God. Right, in the, yeah. like a morning yeah. kind of routine of yeah. experience in the love of God. And to hear that, that's I would say if you've if you've observed some joy from the outside, I would say that's where that 
the source is, yeah. where it comes yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting to hear that that observation, even you know, because oh, yeah, mate, you deserve that. it. I, I'm I'm not here to, you know, pat you on the back for the the sake of it. You you have a, a joyful constancy um, about you. Now, you know, for our listeners, we we need to get this into perspective here. This podcast is not necessarily advocating that Jesus is the way. You know, it's an exploration of pathways to becoming a more loving human being. Mm. When I look at Rob Duff sitting opposite me here in this Catmandu studio <laughs> called The Seed Show, <laughs> then you have chosen and, and committed yourself to a pathway that you know for you produces and inspires a greater loving lifestyle. In one word, therefore, and and I I, I think I know the answer that's going to come. I think I know. You've probably surprised me, Rob. Here we go. In one word, who is God or what is God to you? One word is difficult. So, like, love, God love. is love, right? But, yeah. but then a second one, I know, like, for me, yeah. like, like Jesus. Okay. So, and that's an audacious statement, yeah? Because that's, yeah. that's, um, that's kind of a truth claim. We're not, people don't like absolute kind of truth claims, but there was a guy, there was a guy 2,000 years ago who claimed to be God. Yeah. And he was raised from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Then the claims that he made were true. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, God is God is love, um, in the in the abstract big sense. Yeah. Um, but in a, in a reality in my life, um, but that love for me was is demonstrated in the the life, death, resurrection of of, of Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. and that's the 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 point around which my life my life yeah, orbits. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm going to try a quick sentence here for Rob Duff. God is love. There's a, a positive shake of the head there, folks. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Love is God. Yeah? yeah. Love is God. Love, love, love comes is, from God. Love yeah, comes love, from love God, inspires, inspired by God. Mm. Jesus is also, you said, demonstrated love while he walked here yeah. upon, the, upon the planet, perhaps in such a profound way that it's 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 worth studying and and looking at and and emulating. Is, yeah. is that how it is for Rob Duff? Um, I would say even at a, at a deeper level, Bernie. So not just Jesus as example. And again, this language can sound crazy when you say it out loud, right? But I believe there's there's claims that the Bible makes. I believe that God lives in me. Wow. Um, I believe that Jesus, by the by the power of His Holy Spirit, like yeah. He lives in me, and. And that he enables me to experience his love day after day in yeah. different ways. And that then the ways that I go out and love yeah. and show that are just, um, it's like the overflow of that, that feeling. Yeah. Right? So it's, um, it's like that, the motivation. So it's not just Jesus as example. Jesus said, do this, now, now do that. You know, like that you could yeah. take with anyone else who you see a good yeah. I like the way this person lives. I'm going to try emulate that. So it's not yeah. about emulation. Um, it's this this faith step that believes that the audacious claim that that the God who made all of this stuff, who I believe, like yeah, the, the entirety <laughs> of the heavens and the earth and all right, yeah. somehow yeah. that God lives 
lives in me. Yeah. Um, you're and, connected. Yeah, that I know him. That, yeah. That, and, and very yeah, connected. You say it out loud. I know, yeah, I know <laughs> and I love God. Um, and, uh, and so then my life becomes like the, the, the overflow of that. So that's why I said the rhythm, the rhythm that I have wow. each day, if I can put myself in the way yeah. of the love of God, yeah. then that's what, that's what comes out of me. Not yeah. through self-effort yeah. or not through just like, though there is participation in that, which I would call yeah. faith. It's like yeah. stepping out in line with <laughs> the things that you, you believe to be true. Yeah. But, um, would you find yourself then loving in ways that you wouldn't otherwise? Cause I think, I think love is really love when it's costly, when it costs something. So not just loving in ways that make me feel good, Yeah, you know? Um, and you've got the example of Jesus then, like the great, like his greatest example of love. He says, greater love is no man than this. Then he lay down his life for his friends and the guy is nailed to a yeah. cross, right? For, um, that's not love that, it's not lovey-dovey emotional. Yeah. You know, like just, yeah. I want to feel nice inside. Yeah. This is like, I love you to the extent that it's going to cost me something. And yeah. I think when it really costs us something is when it's, when it's really, when it's really love. Yeah. Have you experienced that love, that depth of love where you know it's love, but it's cost you? Can you give us an example of how you've experienced that? Yeah, I mean, like, so it might sound, and and a lot of this stuff is just lived out in in daily life, right? So in the routine and in that stuff. Um, And it's in the ordinary stuff. It's like when you lean into awkward conversations you'd rather not have. Yeah. When you'd rather walk away from a relationship or leave something unsaid. Yeah. But it's not the the loving thing to do. Yeah. Just have... Yeah, humble yourself even when you're willing yeah. to like ask for forgiveness when you're like you know yeah. pursue those things that are costly. Yeah. Costly to us. Yeah. Um, costly to our pride, costly to our ego, yeah. costly to our sense of identity. Yeah. Um and so yeah, like it's in those it's in those daily things being willing to lean lean into them or costly even to like our our character, I know, um or our natural our natural tendencies. Rob, I'm going to try to summarize a little bit of all that you've been saying um, in, in Bernie's simple terms. Yeah, uh, no yeah. To me, I'm, I'm looking at a man uh, and hearing from a man who has discovered that love is a way of life. Mm. It's a constant lifestyle. And the inspiration for you to be constantly in that state whereby you can live that lifestyle, and I'll say it perhaps more than a lot of others, the inspiration for that is through your religious beliefs and that you can tap into through your faith a source that says your God is love. Mm. And through that relationship, that can fuel you to be love in all its forms. Some of the more beautiful love where you give and receive, some of the tougher love where you, 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 you go to give and you know it's not going to be easy to do that. Mm. 
some of the other tough love where you've got to be assertive with maybe another relationally in a relationship and 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 that's going to create potentially some temporary tension um a love where you know openness and honesty needs to be spoken rather than the matter swept underneath the carpet you can be that love constantly by tapping into your source mm. yeah yeah how do they go yeah that's it man that's, that's it yeah, yeah it's like it's like i believe that love originates with god you know it's yeah we love because he first loved us yeah um and so the starting point for it yeah is not how do i go about loving people the starting point for me for me on a daily basis yeah is realizing reflecting on how 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 loved i am yeah you know how loved i am by, well, well, by can, how loved i am but how loved you feel because yeah, you tap into that yeah, you yeah, tap yeah. into that source constantly yeah and as a result of that you feel uh, enormous love of course any listener here could also say i believe that they too have a faith or a belief but it might not be in dare i say the jesus pathway what's interesting for me is you you, you you come across you're not really interested in the other pathways because you've chosen yeah, I've found <laughs> you, a way, as far you found a way it's your way and for you it's exactly the right way and for Rob Duff you know it works yeah yeah, yeah. it's not just it's not just um some aspirational thing it's a lived out yeah. reality in my life but, yeah. you know um, yeah. anytime i pursue i pursue god I, I experience his, wow. I experience his love. Well, mate, yeah. I, 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 you know, if you give me for saying it like this, it doesn't really matter to me how you got there, mate. I'm just looking at the end result. Mate, you, you're, you're walking joy. Wow. You know, you, you're bringing, you, you know, I had dinner with you last night. You know, we, uh, okay, let's dob ourselves in. <laughs> we went, went for a dance at the Purple Haze last night. <laughs> well, you danced, I watched. <laughs> I'm not a dancer. And mate, all of that experience, all of that experience was just so, so joyful. And you, you keep on presenting such a happy demeanor constantly. And forgive me for saying so, that's not, something that I experience frequently with a lot of people. Okay. Some people can come in and out of joy, but I'm talking about the constancy of it is the, is the thing that stands out. Hey, let's find out a little bit more about how you arrived there. So we're going to go back in time. You know, there must have been a time where you were becoming aware of this possibility but maybe you were stuck in other values in, in seeing the world a different way. I, I think I'm going back to teenagehood, young adulthood, young manhood. What was happening in your life then and how did it start to change into where you are today? Pursued, became an engineer, um, like went to college. My dad was big into, you know, get a trade to like, or get an education. You yeah. Know? Um, Went to college, but always, but then worked as an engineer for a couple of years, but always wanted to, um, always felt like I'm giving, I'm giving this 40, 50 hours a week into something that I don't necessarily 
really care about. You, and you, then I give my evenings and weekends into the stuff I do care about. Yeah, so you felt that the, the, the working professional life was not the calling, was not the purpose. Yeah. And there can absolutely be now I would be on the flip side. Like it's it's the way that I feel God used to draw me into into ministry or serving the church, the way I the way I've ended up doing it. But I believe that absolutely, yeah. So I left my I left my job as an engineer and I went to work for this I went to work for this church that had just started. Um, and I'd experienced um started in a, a rough area of Dublin uh, called Dolphin's Barn. Drugs that come through ravaged the area. Um, and uh, I saw a church that wasn't just a small group of people, there's about 20 of them um, in this community who weren't just like talking faith stuff, but they were, they were loving people. Yeah. You know? They were like reaching yeah. out to people in people's lives, you know, in ghostly yeah. ways, like, like in walking yeah. with people, helping them. Yeah. Um, so I got connected with that and eventually I left, took a step of faith, left my job as an engineer to go work for, for the church, right? So, so that felt like the trajectory is kind of plain sailing here, right? It's, it's like it's on an upward tra- trajectory. But Wait a minute, Rob. You, you say it's plain sailing. That's a very big decision. Are you married at this stage where you're um, you're the engineer and you've got this professional career going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're turning around at, at, at this point in your life. Have you got family at that stage? No, just uh, just myself and Patrice, my wife. Yeah, yeah lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah, two years. Yeah. yeah, well, that's a big call, isn't it, to let yeah. go of the professional remuneration that I can imagine. Be- part of becoming an engineer and you're saying hey darling i'm going to become a, a church minister i'm not quite sure yeah. what incomes that's going to produce that's not plain sailing no but patrice was patrice was i've been blessed with the best wife in the world man uh patrice was for it patrice loves loves the lord as well and yeah and she was like yeah and even financially for a good few years she was like the main source of income that we had and um so yeah it was a big step but it felt like there, there'd not been no real challenge to my faith but then I, I hit so I had this aim um, I was telling you before right so I used to be a super quiet guy I'll stop saying I'll oh, stop it now, right? stop I it used to be. and I had this aim that I would I would preach in the first year that I was working for the church right and that terrified yeah. me man right so that that the idea of speaking in front of a group of people like that so I remember I, I knew I was preaching like for the first time like three months ahead of time yeah. and uh, and I had a twist in my gut for those three months right yeah. you know, just that turn in your stomach sometimes I would feel the twist and not even know what it was about. And then I'd remember, oh, that's because I'm preaching. Right? Yeah. <laughs> would just be there. And um, so, but anyway, I preached and my mom and dad had gone through like a kind of, a kind of rough time in their marriage. My dad had had some issues. Their dad was an alcoholic and recovered and on and off. But anyway, miracles happened in their marriage and uh, they just renewed their wedding vows. So all this like culminated, I'm a year working for the church, feel I'm serving the Lord, doing this good stuff. My mom and dad's marriage has been restored. They just went off on their honeymoon, right? They went off to <laughs> Turkey, like the second honeymoon. Uh, they came back um, and heard me preach for the first time. I can still picture them like just down right-hand side, slightly off center, um, seeing me preach for the first time and they're proud or whatever. And um, incredible moment, right? And so I feel like this kind of pinnacle of I'm happy yeah. doing the thing I feel meaning in. Parents are proud. Um and then after, after the service, I found that my mom had actually, she'd been, she picked up like a stomach bug or something away yeah. in Turkey. And um, she'd actually been in hospital. She'd gone like the night before because it felt quite bad. And she like just checked herself out of hospital to come and hear me preach. And, uh, but she ended up sick at home. Um, she was only, she was only 51 and uh, she'd had some arthritis in her hands. Yeah. And they put her on this medication for arthritis, which like, it's like the arthritis was an overactive immune response. Yeah. So the medication suppressed her immune response to try and help the arthritis. 
But somehow then, just this random stomach bug that she picked up in Turkey on her on her honeymoon um, turned into like a bad infection. And then she ended up with like double pneumonia in her lungs. She ended up in intensive care. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and six weeks later, she died. Oh, yeah. um, so out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and that just, my world turned upside down, you know. I was like, this stuff isn't meant to happen. I kind of probably had a naive kind of... I do good things, good things happen to me, yeah? Or the expectation that good things will happen to me. I felt I was like taking a step of faith and I'm like, who is God? What? Like, you know, and then anyway, I went away then, long story short, I went away about, it was about 16 weeks later, I went away to Belarus on a, like a humanitarian aid kind of trip to, to, to work with some kids there. Um, and I was in this place and uh, there the first night just got there. And any time I'd gone on a trip like that before, right, I'd, I used to live in these kind of peaks and troughs, yeah, um, which is different than the constancy that I say I, I experience now. It would be like, I would go away and when you go and do something selfless, you would yeah, very often experience God or like it would charge you yeah. and you could live off that for a while. So I was yeah. expecting that kind of experience again, help me process yeah. what had gone on with my mum like, like just a couple of months before. First night I'm there anyway. Um, my friend Brian, who was leading the trip, woke me up. It's like two or three in the morning. It's snowing outside in Belarus. And he's like, he just got a call from my sister and she'd found my dad dead at home. Wow. Um, so 50 and 51. Yeah. Like went from both being healthy. Yeah. Renewing their wedding vows. Yeah. In three months, they're gone. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like who even is, who even is gone? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, You're questioning. And I went, I went like that for like, Oh man, I can be stubborn. So I just threw myself into, like I had younger sisters, we had a house to deal with, like we moved back into the family home, like into just, and I became a cynic to everything Christian, um, became yeah. a cynic to like, I still knew, I still I had moments where I'd still experience God in the way I'd experienced them before, but there was like this big unanswered question, like why? Like, why, why, yeah. Yeah, why, why am I experiencing yeah. this? And I floated that way, Bertie, for probably nearly a year and a half. I had a journal similar to this black one I have now. And I look back on it now and I see times where I was coming to make or break. I wasn't willing to be a hypocrite. I was working for a church and didn't really know who God was. I yeah. wasn't willing to get up and tell people to do stuff that I didn't believe. I didn't believe. Yeah. Or I didn't know. Um, and so it came to a, like a make or break point about, yeah, about a year and a half later. And I hadn't dealt with me emotions and stuff. I'm a bloke, you know, not just yeah, like, you know, yeah. Irish bloke. We're not known to be yeah. <laughs> overly vocal about how we're feeling. Uh, <laughs> have a few points and forget about it. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I went away. I went away to this to this caravan, um, like a, like a mobile home. A friend of mine had he offered it down on near Curraclough Beach, where they filmed Saving Private Ryan. That wow, beach okay, scene. yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing beach, and. Um, and it really was make or break time for me. My emotions were like all over the place. Like I would, I, I describe it. It's like, it's like my emotions were just at the level of my eyelids. So I would watch, you know, stuff that like stuff on TV and I find myself crying, you know, yeah. but it was like the, the undealt with stuff. So I thought I'll go away to this caravan. I'll be by myself. I can ball crying. Nobody, nobody is around to see me. I don't have to put on a facade. I can just, and I can deal with this stuff. And I also went away with this question, God, if you're real, I need to know you're real because otherwise yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. to being an engineer, yeah? Yeah, you, you know better I mean? speak to me quickly. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and so it was a long, a long process and I felt drawn by, by, by the Lord to this. And so I'm in this, I'm in this caravan, night one, and I'm picturing myself like having to deal with all this stuff. And so again, being an engineer, very systematic, right? So I, I start to write down all of the things that I, I feel I've, I'm missing. Now I don't have parents. I'm like, I want to deal with all of this stuff. So 
you know, just bittersweet stuff. Like, uh, is, is life going to be bittersweet, you know, when I achieve something? But the people who really care about me, like, aren't there to see it. Is that going to be bittersweet? Who's going to be proud of me? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, when I have kids, who's going to teach me how to be a parent? Like, yeah. Who, um, you know, just the backup of, if I, yeah. of, if, you know, people who love you no matter what. Yeah. Um, I wrote this list long, like it ended up like four or five pages, right? Of like bullet pointed all these things that I, I'd lost. So my parents are awesome, right? All these yeah. things I lost in them. Um, who's going to provide for me? You know, like just the backup of having parents yeah. who, if I couldn't pay a bill, it never happened really. But if it, if it did, there's that security, there's that safety net, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Who's going to look after my sisters? Like, who, yeah, like sure, all of this sure. stuff, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. all that that's that's missing. Yeah. And somewhere towards the end of the list, Bernie, I realized, right? And I wrote it down in the notebook. I was like, I think God is saying to me that he's going to be all of these things, right? Um, so the list wow. turns, the list turns, right? From being a list of the things that are missing to being a list of promises of things that God is saying he is. And you, you, you heard that? You sensed that? I sensed it. I wrote it as I was writing it. <laughs> and I wrote, do I believe that God is saying this? And I yeah. underneath it, yes. <laughs> and uh, and I could point to scriptures for every one of those things about God being a provider, yeah, about God yeah. loving his children, about God. Yeah. Like, so but yeah. it wasn't that, it sounds quite rational, but there was, here's what happened in that moment, right? was like, I felt the Lord say, like, speak to me, like an internal, like a thought or yeah. like, a, like a feeling that, Rob, I've always been, I've always been those things. Yeah. Um, you didn't need to know me as those things until you'd lost. Yeah. But I've always, I've always been them. Yeah. And all, Bernie, like in, in that moment, right, all my feeling sorry for myself left. Just left. My grief left. Like that. Le- like that. And it like an instant change of paradigm and like, like an instant gone. different view like literally like yeah. gone and I, i'll yeah. put that down that's that's what gives a credibility to me as in god speaking because you know yeah. the bible opens with god speaks and something happens yeah, yeah. You know, let there be light and there's light right yeah and it's like a new reality was spoken into into my life by, by yeah. the holy spirit yeah and uh and it stood the test of time so like yeah. 2006 2007 you did the maths how long yeah. ago that is i believe if that was some rationalization to help me deal yeah. with my stuff yeah, the the kind of pyramid of cards would have come crumbling down in the next yeah. the next challenge. You know? Yeah, sure. Through this podcast, I know of many people who have experienced what I call quite a painful and chaotic event in their lives, and in the pain of it all, they have to come to some head towards some comfort or some solution to it, you know. And in the process of searching for that, it appears that the pain and the chaos becomes an inspiration for a different view (laughs) of things, you know. Um, Lose a parent and you recognise how much love that you actually had for them, perhaps that you didn't even display when they were Mm. with you. You know, but the recognition is, oh my God, I've got a greater capacity to love full stop. It's not just for my parents that are now missing, but it's for life. You know, um, people who go through a, a divorce can go through a, a profound pain and chaos, but if they're still wanting to maximize life, they head towards 
that outcome. And in the process, dealing with the pain and the chaos, the only way they can maximize, maximize life is by converting the pain and chaos into a greater capacity to its antidote. And its antidote is love. <laughs> you know, pain and chaos, well, I've just discovered you know, how much loving capacity I have in this world. Oh, my God, I didn't display it before. I wasn't it before, but I wasn't even aware of the capacity that I had. Thank you, pain and chaos. So for an Irishman, this is going to be a tough question because I'm only going to give you two sentences. All right. All right. <laughs> two sentences, right? Here's the question. In a way, did mum and dad's suddenness of death, did it actually become partly a blessing? Yeah. <laughs> hey? Yeah. How, and how, two sentences, Rob. Okay. How did it become a blessing for you? This might be two sentences with a few commas, right? <laughs> Long sentences. <laughs> but I would ask, so I don't, I don't say this lightly, right? Because I'm not just trying to prove a point or I wouldn't disrespect their memory. I love my parents. They were awesome. If I could have my parents back tomorrow, Bernie, but to have them back, I had to give away the revelation and experience and understanding that I have of God as father. Um, I wouldn't do it. Wow, Rob, that's a biggie. <laughs> yeah. That's a biggie. That's a biggie. Because he's greater. He's been greater yeah, in every way. Yeah, but I've got this feeling now that if your parents heard this, and by the way, they might be. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think they'd even be delighted to hear you say that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine they'd be celebrating. Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh. They know the knowledge, you know what I mean? They'd be like, you get it. Oh, my God, we achieved. We arrived. <laughs> we actually taught the lads on it, you know? <laughs> Amazing. Amazing uh, commentary. Your love as a lifestyle, Rob, has been also experienced and you exemplify it in so many different ways. You gave it to Lee Newman on that morning when you walked into her uh, room and said, can I pray regarding your illness? But I'm also aware that, that it's led you to open up some quite profound charitable works and I'm referring to your work in Lesotho. First of all, where is Lesotho? So Lesotho is a little country landlocked completely within South Africa. So it's the, the Maluti and Drakensberg Mountains yeah. um, where the Basutu people, the, the tribe Basutu, um, have established a, a kingdom, a kingdom there. Um, and so, yeah, it's one, of the, it's one of the poorest countries in the world. Um, and uh, we've somehow found ourselves. <laughs> um, we? Who's we? Um, I use the we, like everyone who's been on the journey with, <laughs> like yeah. um, myself, my wife, teams from Ireland. Like, like, um, yeah, we founded this 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 charity called called One Day. One Day. And yeah, we came across the name One Day. Like, so I believe I have this hope for the future, Bernie, in Jesus. That that one day, all of these these ills, all the brokenness, all the the horribleness that goes on in the world, that there's a kingdom coming where that, yeah. where that is fixed, right? Yeah. And so one day that'll happen, right? Yeah. So right now there's there's one out of every three children in Lesotho in this country is an orphan. 
Um, one out of every three. One out of every three. What 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 inspires that statistic? Like, how does that happen? Yeah, so it's the it's the HIV AIDS epidemic that's kind of spread through the spread through the country. There, um, one in four people in Lesotho are HIV positive. Um, life expectancy, largely because of that that disease, um, has dropped to like forty two years of age. So there's a whole generation of kids whose whose parents have passed away. Yeah. Um, leading to that crazy statistic. I mean, think of how many kids, you know, <laughs> divided by three, like those people would be, that amount of kids would be orphans that were we in, where we sitting in Lesotho right now. Um, and so they're open to all kinds of like exploitation and abuse and like crazy stories. Um, and so we have this great hope, right, for the future. Like this is, this is what happens. But we live, we also live in the present. Um, and so the one day, one day is about, one day this stuff won't be an issue anymore. We believe that. But what, what we have is, is this one day. Yeah. Like we have this like today. So how do we move towards that reality with focused intent, with the resources and the faith and the love we have to, to show today? So what are you exactly doing in Lesotho? So we, we, um, we, we build and staff like loving family homes for, for these kids, for yeah. as many as we can take in in the future. Currently, we have 23 kids. We have wow. a piece of land in a beautiful village in the mountains called Halabesa. How many houses on the land? We have four houses so far yeah. that we've built um, that have been built through Irish teams who yeah. go out and help labour and raise the finances. We can build, Bernie, a house for in euros for eight and a half, build and furnish a house for six kids for eight and a half thousand euros. About 12,000 Australian dollars. I'm making it up now, yeah. nine to 10,000 US dollars. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, and so we bring out teams, like so we get a team of 15, 16 people from Ireland. They all raise some finance in their, in their yeah. world and their sports clubs and, you know, like yeah. fundraisers like that. Um, but that pays to build a house. They come out and work on it and then that house becomes... Um, a home to to uh, to six kids per house with local parents who raised them in their own culture, and it's not about imposing some Irish culture on it. Yeah, or the, the Christian ethos. Yeah. No, it's just we have this opportunity to um, on the balance of economies, right? Yeah. You see this problem, and with relatively little from an Irish perspective, yeah, you can achieve a lot. Yeah. In Lesotho right now. And why have we ended up there? I don't know. It feels like we dropped into, it's just, it's been a miracle after miracle, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> we've been dropped into this river, right? On a dinghy and it's going somewhere. And we're just yeah. being like carried along. Like, yeah. well, who, who am I to start a charity? Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. a fella from, from Ireland. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Who are we to have, to have done this stuff? Yeah. Um, but I believe God has been in it and just keeps opening doors, keeps providing, um, and uh, we just keep following. So mm. right now we've twenty, yeah, we've twenty three kids um, who are now in loving, safe family homes. Kids from all sorts of of backgrounds. Some girls who were were being like sold into like child marriages. Um, kids who come from like physical sexual abuse. Kids that like have been abandoned, who are alone. Um, and our motivation is like, like, so right now, as you and I speak, right, we're in a nice, nice studio and, and life is good. And I've just had the privilege of climbing, climbing in the, or in the, in the Himalayas. And, um, but right now in Lesotho, there's like, there's like 123,000 kids. You don't know where the next meal comes from. Yeah. Nobody protecting them. Yeah. Who are 
being abused and manipulated and yeah. hurt yeah. in ways that no kid should have to go through. Yeah. And, um, and we've had the, the joy of being a part, a small part, um, but hopefully a grown part. Yeah. It's, a small part so far. Yeah. Yeah. In, uh, yeah. in those kids' lives. And it's, yeah, it's one of the great, it's one of the great joys of, joys of my life to get to, to get to be involved yeah. in that thing. So, yeah. 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 Let me ask you, I don't know why I'm thinking this, um, but I'm thinking about the, the Christian intervention into other countries. Let's go back centuries. You know, I'm thinking about the Spanish into South America, you know, and I don't know why I'm thinking of the movie, the mission <laughs> and the, the, the picture there was almost um, an, an enforcement of the the, the the Christian religion onto the natives of that region here. You're not talking about that offering when you go to Lesotho, are you? You there's a different approach. No. We wouldn't be, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not a, a church historian, but like I'm aware of that kind of yeah, neither. Yeah, you got it. You got it. That kind of yeah. That's not our hearts. I just don't think that's in us as Irish people anyway. You know what I mean? Where we were uh, like historically, we were the oppressed, not the oppressor. You know? Yeah. So um, it's not, it's not, it's not in our nature. Um, we are. I am unapologetic and unlike. We're there because God loves those kids. Yeah. Right? And it's an overflow where he's using us as his hands and feet to, uh, to express his love and to yeah. children. There's a Psalm that says a father to like a song, you know, in the yeah. Bible, people would have sang a father to the fatherless and a husband to widows is God yeah. in his holy habitation. Yeah. And it's like, uh, we get to, we get to be the way that God expresses that. So yeah, we would, we were absolutely like, we're Christians. We're here because God loves you. Like yeah. this, this project is a miracle, right? Yeah. This isn't like, it wasn't some strategy of an NGO with a budget or whatever. Obviously yeah. it's the overflow of something that God is, yeah. is wanting to do. But that being said as well, um, it's absolutely not our intent to go over and be like, you know, now you need to change your, you know, like you change your you, culture. You need to write, read the Bible every day, kid, because yeah. otherwise, guess what? You're not going to be saved. That's yeah. not your intent. And does that work anyway? You know yeah. what I mean? Does that like, yeah. has that produced anything like worthwhile? That, that produces religion. Um, yeah. I would Wonderful. That everyone- Interesting statement. That produces Religion. religion. Yeah, not relationship with God. How okay. can you have this relationship okay. with God? Very often religion gets in the way of relationship with God. Or you think you have a relationship with God because you have religion. But yeah. the one who Jesus, the people who Jesus had the most problem with were the most religious people of his day, the Pharisees and the scribes. He's the one who called hypocrites. Mate, you're giving any, that's a that that's a good comparison. Yeah. What I'm hearing you say, however, is you're introducing them also to the power of your love and you do that through beautiful exemplifying of that love in the relationship with those people they must learn from that um, they you probably learn a lot from them too and dare I say it I'm so aware of the power of community amongst those who have so little 
Mm. You know, they, they're unattached to things except they're attached to people. Mm. And the community comes together and so they seem, yeah. seem to have a, a, a formula that allows them to connect and work with and understand and accept people. That is a powerful lesson. Well, it's been a powerful lesson for me as I go into those countries. So that is what you bring to them, the power of a loving lifestyle expressed in your relationship with each and every one of them. Mm. Hey, hey, Rob, this is, um, this is a, 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 a fascinating talk, a fascinating chat. I shouldn't call it a talk. Um, it's a fascinating episode. For those that have ears to hear, it would be easy for them to be lost in the Jesus Christianity part of this discussion. And so I, I feel that for them, you should have broader ears and broader sight. Here is a man who has discovered a way to live love as a lifestyle. His choice, not saying it has to be anybody else's choice, his choice is to do it through his loving faith, his uncompromisable faith to his God who is love. And in particular, the role model of that faith is the man who walked upon the planet Hmm. 2,000 years ago called Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, that's what I love about this discussion is it, it demonstrates the power of faith, power of belief, you know? Mm. Rob, last question as we head towards closing. I'm going to ask you for two or three of the Rob Duff values. However, I can hear you saying, well, my first value is, you know, my faith relationship with God. We know that one, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. I, I want you to come down to those more, oh, dare I say it, more humanistic um, values. You know, like, for example, one of my values is thirst for wisdom, right? Um, and that determines the podcasts that I listen to and the books that I read, have you got two or three values that are just uncompromisable for you and you aim to live them day by day, moment by moment? Huh? What are they? Yeah. I, may, I may be repeating myself, Bernie, and I know you're, you're asking kind of for stuff that, but my, my life is all in with 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 God. There's not a separate, secular, sacred okay. divide, right? So There's an answer. But the two things would be, daily to avail of that opportunity to to be to experience the love of god right to, yeah. to be loved yeah right so so that's one and then the second is like my metric um my metric is love so when i put my when i put my head in the pillow at the end of the night i'm like um, how well did i love like so the, the people i interacted with today yeah how well were they loved yeah by me what yeah. opportunities that i have so they're they're the they're the they're the two values, and it's it's the same. You know what I mean? Uh, Jesus was asked once, "What's the greatest commandment?" Right, right, and he's like, 
love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And then he's like, I can't just... Now say that again. You spoke far, far too quickly, <laughs> you Irish man. He's like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, right? So yeah. All encompassing, oh, yeah. right? Heart, it's a great answer. Soul, mind, strength. But then you can't separate them, right? Yeah. And then he says, and the second is like it. It's like, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Right? yeah. So for him, they're inseparable. Yeah. But the metric, and he says as much, right? So he says, on these two things, all the law and the prophets hang, right? Meaning all of the Old Testament, all of the expression of what it means to be human, how to interact with God. Be summed up with these, these two things. Yeah, yeah. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And all yeah. of that comes from yeah. first being loved by God. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, no, I thought I would attract something different than, Sorry, <laughs> than what you've spoken about <laughs> for the last 50 minutes. But it is the perfect answer because for you, it's all encompassing. All that you've spoken about, I now know one thing. It's made Rob Duff love. It's helped him to become love as a lifestyle. Anyone listening to the podcast can evaluate the process or the system or the pathway to get there, that's their right to assess that. But one thing is undeniable, and that is, is that what you have chosen has arrived at a human being that is becoming more and more love on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Mm. Of course, it would be divine to think that you could be love. When I say the word be, that means every moment, <laughs> every second. I'd, I'd like to give some space for our humanity. <laughs> but there is no doubt that what you've chosen has contributed towards you becoming love. I saw that on the trail to Everest Space Camp. Um, I saw it over sharing with an Irish mate over a beer yesterday afternoon. I saw it last night having fun with you, Paul and Ethan and Lee, uh, and uh, it works for you, mate. And if this podcast is about becoming a more loving human being, we've got to have ears to hear mm. and eyes to see. Rob Duff, can I thank you ever so much for finding your time here this morning, coming out to this wonderful studio. Isn't it a terrific discovery? Yeah, Uh it's really cool. Thank you to my good mate over here, Dusty, who is the owner of this uh, podcast studio. And Rob Duff, congratulations, mate, on all that you've become. And more importantly, thank you ever so much for being a part of our Journey (laughs) with Bernie. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, folks. Well, I do hope you enjoyed today's episode of A Journey with Bernie. Folks, I loved it. 
Contact and connection details of today's podcast guest and any references to resource materials, books or educational sources, they can all be found in the podcast notes. Do go there, folks. And also be aware that our guests would welcome hearing from you. Now, for those of you who have previously rung me about joining our forthcoming adventures to Nepal and those glorious Himalayan trekking trails, either this October or in April of 2023, it's great to have you on board. I am so thrilled. Can you imagine it? You and I walking to Everest Base Camp together or summiting Nepal's highest trekkable peak, Mount Mera, at 6,400 metres or just absorbing the beautiful Gokyo Lakes. It's all available to you, folks. Just give me a call on plus 61 412 It would be great to walk in that environment with you. Hey, dear people, thank you for joining us. Embrace the journey, hey? Just love the journey of life. And just remember...